0: Hi, welcome to On The Daily, a podcast about finding the acoustic you. I'm your host, Danielle McCleary. I am a serial optimist and a champion of people who has long been on a search to truly see people and help you peel back all of your layers and become the most acoustic, authentic, and best version of yourself. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday or whenever you're hearing this. I want to share a little bit about this interview that we are about to have with Brad Chandler. The name sounds familiar because he is, yes, the husband of my best friend in the whole world, Chris Chandler. And... I got a lot of questions about why don't you have them on the same episode? Why don't they do like a couple's episode? And sure, I might do that in the future because their relationship as a couple is super awesome and very inspiring to me. But they are very individual people and very different humans and honestly opposites. And it's the most beautiful thing. And Brad is so wise and he's so full of knowledge and wisdom and love and honesty and transparency. And I am beyond excited for you to hear this and what I believe to be an extremely important conversation, all about getting rid of anything that divides us any of the like, judgments we have about each other to just truly see people and love people for who they are at their core. So I'm really excited for you to hear that. If you are new to the podcast, welcome to the family. You are family now. So I hope I hope you're happy here. Go back and listen to other episodes. Listen, our podcast is not in any sequential order. We've been doing this since January and every single episode is its own. So you can literally pick a like title it. or an episode guest that catches your eye and just dive right in. You don't have to listen in any specific order. So go back in here. We have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. So there's lots to choose from. Y'all know how me and my family love a good sustainable option and ways that we can reduce our carbon footprint on this planet. One of those ways is we switched from regular toilet paper to bamboo toilet paper. My favorite brand is Hey Bippy. It's bamboo toilet paper. It is just as soft. It is strong and dependable. It's environmentally friendly. It saves trees. It's biodegradable. It's fragrance-free. They also have a spray that can turn your bamboo toilet paper into a wipe. I have a discount code. If you want to give them a try, go to heybippy.com. It's B-I-P-P-Y, heybippy.com. Use the code on the daily at checkout. You'll get a little discount. And I have been using this now for a couple of years and we are obsessed. You can get a subscription so you don't even have to go to the store. It literally will show up at your door once a month. It's amazing. Give them a try. I want to share with you a company that I ran across a couple weeks ago, and it's called Last Object. Their mission is to basically eliminate single-use items and create reusable, sustainable alternatives. So if you know anything about me, you know that I absolutely live in a sustainable house. We don't use real toilet paper. We use bamboo toilet paper. We don't use plastic. We use metal straws. We've gotten rid of napkins and we use cloth like any way that in our family, we can kind of create a more sustainable household for our family and for the planet. We do. So last object I'm really excited about. They have so many different things like from reusable Q-tips to cotton rounds to plates and a lot of things that would normally pollute the environment. They have... All sorts of reusable items that are eco-friendly and obviously a better alternative. And I have a discount. So if you are interested in kind of switching your household to a more sustainable household, go check them out at Last Object. The link that you should click is in our show notes. So if you go to Apple Podcast show notes or wherever you're listening to your podcast and you click at the link, you'll be able to kind of go straight to their site. But if you use on the daily 10 at checkout, you will get a discount. And so I hope that you have fun with that. Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday or whenever you are hearing this. Hi, Brad. Welcome. Hi, Danielle. I'm so excited. Everyone's always like, well, why didn't you put Chris and Brad in the same episode? I'm like, because they're awesome couple, but like they have such individual stories. Like we got to hear both. So I'm just so pumped. And we are two
1: separate people.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Everyone
1: always thinks, oh, wait, what do you mean? We told Chris. And it's like, well, but I'm not Chris. Right.
0: (laughs) I'm not Chris. I have a different cell phone and a different brain and a different heart. And (laughs) yeah, (laughs) I know people always think Breezy and I have like morphed into one. They're like, oh, well, I told Breezy. And I'm like, well, that's nice.
1: Right. So thank you for appreciating my individuality.
0: (laughs) Of course, of course. And obviously, this is June. So you are in our Pride Month series. So before we like jump into any episode, I like to do a clearing of just like anything either one of us is like needs to clear to just like be here. I know you know all about that. So you go first. What do you need to clear?
1: That is such a loaded question for me at the moment. I mean, at the time of recording this, we are still in lockdown quarantine, possibly. You know, it's just layer on layer. So all things considered, I'm well, but I'm going to clear that Like every day to the next is different. And I show up and just having grace with myself. So I'm clearing that whatever's going to come out of my mouth is going to be the right thing to say because I can't necessarily track my mood from day to day.
0: I love that. And I definitely relate to that as well i think especially being in la like so much is up in the air and like are we able to go out to eat i don't know maybe maybe not but i want to clear that at the time of recording this my dog obviously maggie you know maggie maggie is like paralyzed right now and like we're working through that and trying to figure out how to get her like back up and walking, if that's even a possibility. But she's like in the other room and Breezy is at work. And I'm like, I really hope she's not going to like scream and whine the whole time we're doing this interview. So I drugged her up with some THC and hopefully she's asleep.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, that must be so difficult. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: It's just like, you know, when your brain is in five different places...
1: Yeah. And it's just like having spent the past year so close with our animals, like I think it's even more difficult to know that they're in pain because it truly feels like an extension of us at this point.
0: Oh, for sure. That's like the perfect way to put it. Okay. Well, I feel bad. I feel good about that. So let's talk about Brad, who I used to know as Brad Bolanin, now Brad Chandler. You have had Such a journey over the last, like, what I feel like I've known you for the better part of a decade. And the journey that you've had to, like, where you were when I met you to, like, who you are now and, like, where you're going is just so incredible. And I know, like, you know, you and I have had conversations about how you lived through, like, AIDS. And I just want to know, like, who are you now? And, like, a little bit about the journey it took to get there. And you can do that in as many pieces as you want. But That's what I want. I want people to hear who you are.
1: I was just thinking about this earlier today that I think we can all relate to the idea that it seems like from a distance, like if I was going to talk about you, it would feel cumulative, right? Like Danielle did this, ABC, and then she blank, and it has like a through line. But when we're in the experience of our own lives, it just like, I don't know why it's that we're cruel to ourselves and we just don't respect how far we've come, but sometimes it feels compressed. Like I, in retrospect, my gosh, like I've lived uh, this varied life, multiple cities, multiple countries, one job to the next, like through line, like clearly there was a, a sense of adventure in my life where I was trusting of myself to freaking figure it out. And yet I can be here in quarantine stuck in the hut, and just be like, well, I don't know what's happening tomorrow. And it seems like this, my sense of self at times can be so small as I think we all get stuck in this moment of like, I'm a very fragile person in retrospect. Yes, you're right. I have done a lot that followed very few norms and I'm still in a process of reinvention. And that ultimately is my place of grace with myself is like, Oh Brad, your story's not done. Like it never was done. You're you just got your real estate license and you're going to try something new and let's just keep going.
0: Obviously I met you, you were a manager at Soul Cycle. That's how I met you. And you had like come recently, like I don't even know like how recently, but you had come recently out of this relationship and there was like a business partnership there. And like that was like a huge pivotal shift for you. Can you talk about like what that was and how that felt going through it in the moment?
1: Here's the setup. I was an international brand manager for a company over in Hong Kong. They would fly me back and forth. I was working over there months at a time. I would come back to LA for like a week to repack and then travel back over. So it was great. I was loving it. Love China. Convincing them to move me over. They finally were like, yes, it's time. Move to China. And then on my last trip back to LA, I fell in love. Dun, dun, dun. So... Fast forward a few months, long distance relationship. They said, Brad, it's time for you to move to China. And I said, but I'm in love. So I left that job. I moved back to LA and there I am in love with this person and I needed a job. So then we said, okay, well, why don't we actually start a business? So we started a business. It was a hybrid. It was in the music industry, right? This is the hit of the recession in like 2009, we started the company And it was a struggle. It was a journey. Some of the riskiest stuff you could do would be in the music industry, in Hollywood, starting a new business. And we figured it out. And we grew this business in a relationship, which anyone who's listening that knows you're in a business with the person you're also in a relationship with, that can be very tricky. But we did it. At the time, gay marriage was not legal. So what we did is we used the business as a marriage, right? So it would... That's where our funds went through. We sort of use it as that structure. Eventually, and I won't go into details just because it's still probably loaded, but I realized that that was not the relationship that was healthy for me. And so I needed to get out of it. That turned volatile. We were unable to come eye to eye and what it meant to leave that. And so I left that business with all of my investment, all of my income, everything that I had in that business. And I walked away from it. What that meant was I had no savings. I had no income. (laughs) I hadn't really nowhere to live because I was also leaving the relationship. So one of my old studio managers started working at Seoul. And he was like, well, Brad, while you're figuring this out, let me get you in there. And you can at least start there while you're figuring it out. And I was desperate. So of course, yes, let me do that. And I started there with people in their 20s. At that time, I had just turned 40 years old. And I was scrubbing tiles, sleeping in my truck some nights. It was so far probably the worst period of my life. And not because life was so hard, even though it was, but more, I didn't know that I was harboring such demons inside myself that most days the floor would open out from under me. And the nasty, nasty thoughts of who we think about ourselves, those are the ones that came up. And it was torture. But luckily, working at soul is very much and it's an affirming place. You're affirming yourself. You're affirming the people around you. You're affirming everyone that comes to the doors. It's constant. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, you did that. You did that. And it luckily was the place where I was able to, through the process of affirming other people on their successes and even their losses, I began to start affirming myself, even in my own loss. So it ended up being a very healing place. And it also, you know, it brought me people like you and my husband. So it definitely was challenging. But it was the dark woods that I found my way through and then brought some light out from.
0: But isn't that like such a beautiful theme in life just in general? Like sometimes from the darkest woods, you do get like the most... Beautiful sunrises and sunsets and like the most beautiful experiences, right? Like I I think about hearing that. And I knew a little bit about that at the time, just like being at Seoul, but I hear that now and I go, oh my gosh, like imagine if none of that would have ever happened, right? And like imagine if you hadn't said, okay, because I'm desperate, like the relationship that you and chris like the way like you came into my best friend's life and like just lit him up in the most amazing way and like vice versa you know like he did that for you as well and i just think like oh my gosh thank goodness that you fell that hard you know so that you could find what you did
1: yeah and ironically what i noticed in that too was it gave me the opportunity as a human being when i was in that place where i truly felt unlovable the most unlovable To have someone be able to look at you and say, no, 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 I see you and I love you. It's a space that we don't always come upon, right? We don't always have that opportunity to be so unlovable and yet be loved. In hindsight, it is a gift uh, and worth the entire journey, though the journey really sucked.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, I think... The thing I can take from that is like, if I was listening to this is you sometimes like it can suck and keep going. It can suck. And you just know, you don't know what's going to be on the other side. Yeah.
1: The story just is never over. It doesn't end. You know, like the dark wood, we are not meant to be lost in the dark wood. It doesn't end there. The story ends when we bring our torch out from the dark wood to spread that light with others. And so in the midst of it, the story is not over. Even now at this space in my life, um, in 45, where it feels like I'm starting over again, it's like, well, Brad, this is just another step in the story. Don't try to think that this ends somehow or the next step has to be, oh, the right, there's none of that. You just keep going and pull forth whatever you can to help someone else who's maybe a step behind you.
0: I think the thing that keeps me constant is I have non-negotiables in my life, like things that I absolutely care about, pillars that are so important to me that no matter what I do, those things have to exist. So like, what are your like, I guess like top three, you can do top three to five, like core values, main pillars, non-negotiables.
1: So I'm I'm a Vipassana meditator. I just, I love Vipassana. One of the tenets there is that you can't make money based on harm. So that's been probably in terms of employment, that has been my moral code in terms of where I can go or what I can do to make cash. Like, does it involve products? Like I'm also, I'm a vegan. So like just animals are important to me. So it's like, am I selling products that are based on somebody else's harm? Or am I, you know, is it something that I don't feel aligned with? that might be harming someone someone else. And I've been forced to make some hard decisions in my life when I felt like the company wasn't living up to what it said or things weren't ringing true. It was the part of me that activated this says, okay, this is not it. It's time to go because it is a, a tenet of mine that you just can't make money based on harm. Authenticity, I think is that just that other one too. Whatever I'm doing, it has to ring true And then with that, I have to give myself the flexibility to say, well, so if it doesn't, you can change. (laughs) Don't hold on. It means something has changed. And so be free to move to the next for what is authentic to you in that time.
0: I think that's something that a lot of people miss, right? When they're talking about like, I am going to stick to what's true. But then when they realize that it's not true to them, or like you said, like a brand or whoever they're working with, or whatever it is, isn't living up to the standard that they put, like that they said that they were living up to who they say they are. People get on this train and then they're like, Oh, but I can't get off. Like it's already moving. No, you can get off the train.
1: Yeah, there are lots of different trains. It may be scary to jump. It may be uncomfortable to jump. Yes. Finances, like not everything is just like, oh, I can change my, I have a family to support. Yes. All of those things. Correct. And there are always other trains to start moving towards. I agree hundred percent.
0: Do you have any other like top core values?
1: I'm a big culture person. I think it's very important. I only want to work with And for organizations that understand the value of the people that work there, if people are just in their own lanes or there isn't an idea of respect and camaraderie within the organization, or again, like they're saying they're going to treat their employees one way, but they're not treating them that way. But culture is very, very important because Like with Soul, the time that I was there, because Soul was living up to the core values or the culture itself, the people were so committed to the core values, it became transformative to me. Culture doesn't mean, oh, this is just the way the company runs. Culture means, no, 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 this is the way we create the world within our organization because it's the microcosm that we can control. And we say like, this is the best way. If the world could just do what we do, it would like be better. So let's at least take care of each other here. And so that's, it's really important to me to look at the the ethos of the, the company.
0: And does that apply to your top pillars? Like, obviously that applies to like relationships that you're in and friendships that you have as well, right?
1: Oh, 100%. <laughs> like, I've always kept my social network smaller. Like I just, I like, I feel like with you, like it's, you're just so out and loud and hustle and like, you can do all that. And I just don't, I don't have those abilities for some reason, um, which I love. I wish I could like pull pieces of that. But for me, it's like, I'm fine being alone and with a book. And I know I have one person I could turn to if I need, but it's never been, I don't know. I just, I feel safe knowing that there are a couple of people that I can turn to if I need to because I have to be able to trust it. The friends I've had, I've had for a very long time. And that's part of the trust factor that I know that my core beliefs in them are there, even though we may twist and turn, but I just know that we're there for each other. And that's all that's important to me.
0: Yeah. I want to like, kind of switch gears because obviously like this is pride month. And you mentioned that in that relationship you were in, like, Gay marriage wasn't legal yet. And I feel like you are such an authentic human being in like the way that you speak and like your values and all these things. Like you are what this podcast is all based around, like the acoustic you, like the acoustic version of people. And like you are somebody that just embodies that every day. Like what was that like in a time when here you are, like a gay man and you obviously have lived through so many things. And like, I can't wrap my head around that because that was never something I went through. I just want to know, like, how did that affect your ability to truly be like authentic? Because that is something that is so important to you. That's one of your core pillars, you know?
1: So I had my first relationship at 15 in high school. I didn't really have, I grew up in the church, Church of Christ, which think footloose, like there was no singing, no dancing. My mom couldn't go to school dances because that wasn't allowed. So that's the church that I grew up in. I didn't have any examples of gay people around me. The first place I turned when I realized that I was a homosexual is I turned to the Bible to see what it said about it. So <laughs> that gives you a sense. How that has manifested in my life was, and it's also why I'm passionate about setting examples for other people or being a sort of mentor to other people is because I didn't have anyone to turn to that could have helped show me along. And so I had to learn to make my own mistakes for better or worse. I became, and am still becoming friends with internalized shame of realizing what that is and what that does. I think I grew up thinking I, of original sin, like there, I had to earn my worth. I had to somehow bolster up this idea of me that I was not evil in the eyes of God And so that's been a long journey, and literally, still only this year, I'm realizing that's a effing game. Like that's I've been battling this whole idea of trying to make myself, this little Brad, feel like he's not horrible in the eyes of a god. That it's not it. (laughs) It's not the whole thing is a game. Like I've been pushing around the wrong thing, and so my entire life, I think, has been learning to trust myself even when I screw up, and being okay to do it alone. And I don't want to make it sound like my parents weren't there for me when I needed them. They definitely saved me in some times, especially. But, and they did the best they could with the resources that they had. But they also didn't have the resources that I needed. And so I found them in the wrong places. I found them in the right places. I remember one of these boys that I was saying when I was like in my teens, we drove out to this little lake at night. It was sundown and it got dark. And on the back of my car was this my first rainbow sticker, the rainbow flag. And so we walked by, we were walking down to the lake and this cute, blah, blah, blah. And there's a group of kids over on the other side and, you know, walking. And I came back to the car and the windows were smashed in, every single window. The tires were slashed with a knife and there was a pizza box on the inside. And we were in the middle of the nowhere. So I had the entire walk home. We had to walk home. I was carrying him on my back at some point, trying to get back because we didn't have any cell phones. There was no someone to call. The whole thing was just very scary. The thing that I remember from that, which showed up internalized shame, was the idea of like, well, you had a rainbow sticker on the back of your car. So those things are bound to happen. And so I took that and I took, well, what does it mean to be gay? And what I saw act up doing, God bless them, in San Francisco in order to fight for their medication to stay alive, drawing their outlines on the ground, showing like trying to indicate dead bodies. They're being abandoned by the government. These are the ideas that I took on in my own journey by myself about what it means to be gay. So that's the setup. Right. <laughs> so there's just been little Brad trying to figure out how I can be a holy person in this world that may think differently. And it really has just been a, a journey of self-exploration up until today.
0: Yeah. Kids these days and how open and free they are to be exactly who they are from such a young Age, like I have been blown away by some of these like 12 year olds on Instagram that are like so openly gay and like they're wearing makeup and they're the most fabulous. I have moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, can you imagine? And this is probably even more so for you. Like, can you imagine how much different the world would be if like that got to be like our experience and your experience? You know what I mean?
1: Totally. I think it's beautiful that kids now will never grow up knowing that, of course, you can get married. Whereas for me, that never even crossed my mind as a possibility. And how beautiful that is to think like, oh, there's a sense of equality that I can just do what everybody else does. What worries me for these kids now coming out so boldly on something like social media is that in my day, when kids would call me gay, I would get like thrown in the garbage can. right? Like, and that was pretty much the extent of it. I'd be like scared at school. They're going to chase me around. What worries me now is when you have exposure to the world and there are adults or people out there that have so much hatred and they are so dead set against these kids being progressive in their identity. What happens in social realms and in places where kids might not have that support, it feels like even more volatile. That's the part that worries me a little bit more is how are you actually supporting these children to make sure that they are balanced and not internalizing it as
0: well? Totally. The internet is a beautiful place and also can be a very harmful place in like the exact same moment. Yeah, more and more. You talked about how you grew up in the church you grew up in, which that I actually never knew about you, that like that was the extent of your childhood. Do you now... At 45, do you consider yourself more religious or more spiritual or like anywhere in between? Like, where do you see yourself on that spectrum?
1: The way that I'm coming down to see it right now is that if you were to ask me if I believe in God, I would say, I believe in a God that you can't put a name to. If you are going to tell me that there's a book about it, or there's a theory about it, or there's a dogma about it, I do not believe in that God because I don't believe the experience of the divine is meant to be put into words. The experience of the divine is not actually meant to be agreed upon by multiples of people. That is control. And I think even like, I just think about what I went through in the church, that if you put a child into church and teach them dogma about what they need to think about themselves, that's a form of child abuse, right? Because, religion your experience with god is so personal it's personal it's a personal exploration and i just feel like what religion has come to now is like if it is truly a doorway to god people are just standing on the outside pointing at the door and saying what is on the door frame and how what you need to do to go into there and it's about trying to agree on this door frame whereas truly you have to walk through that yourself Alone, right? It's not a communal experience. I feel passionately about it now because I realized how much of my life was there trying to validate myself in the eyes of God. And that simply is not true. And that simply, it's been the wrong thing. And so instead of trying to throw away the internalized shame, no, 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 the shame was never actually real. The idea that there was a God that would believe in shame was the thing that needed to be thrown away.
0: Yeah, it's. I love hearing like anybody talk about their experience with religion and God, because like I didn't grow up religious. I didn't grow up in the church. I I think I went to youth group a couple times because my friends went, and I was like, I want to go to youth group on a Wednesday and like go to bed late. Yeah, like (laughs) let me go to youth group. (laughs) That was like my experience. And like I had a lot of friends that were very religious or like grew up in religious families, and I think for a while I wanted to go to church because I felt like that's what I had to do, and like my family wasn't religious at all. So I love hearing people's experiences with the church because literally my only experience with the church was like, I could go on Tuesday or Thursday nights and like hang out with the guy that I thought was really cute and like eat popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Because obviously, like you said, it's, it's a personal relationship. And I've always said, there's a movie that Tom Hanks says this, and I don't remember what movie it is. I think it might've been that one, like the Da Vinci Code or something. And he was like, I think faith is a gift and it's a gift that like I didn't get and I used to be like, well, I didn't get that gift. Like I don't I don't know what I believe in. And I now in in my like adult years, I actually I do believe in a higher power. I don't know what that is and I think I might agree with you that like I don't know if I can even put a name to it, you know? Like I can't even like I just know that it is like a divinity and it's a light source and it's it's all love and it's beautiful and thank you for sharing that so openly because I think a lot of people have a hard time like expressing their feelings around the subject.
1: Yeah. I think it is a route that started with me when I was younger, just to think that, Oh, because like I am authentically who I am because like, I can't fight this gay thing. Like I can't, that's not a, there's no way out of it. Right. But to think that like, Oh, so now I am excluded from my soul reaching a certain place based on rules that you're telling, like, it doesn't make any freaking sense. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I've tried to negotiate that. My entire life, different religions, different ways into the doorway, different trying to find the way that I thought that my soul would be worthy based on my current state in this body. That's not fair. It's not fair to have a rule book that certain people get into, or if you don't do it based on somebody else's standards, like that, I think it's systemic in a way, and it actually sets us up for a lot of the problems we're seeing right now, unless you do it this way, you can't be part of the group, which is a whole other tangent.
0: It's so true. I mean, it's so true. Like, it's so funny too because I, Chris and I, obviously have conversations about this all the time. Where I'm like, everybody is sitting around being like, "Well, this is the way to do it," and if you're not doing it this way, then you can't do this, and you can't have sit. You can't sit with us, like quoting Mean Girls. And it's just no. Like, what if? What if? Like, the true, authentic truth is that there are many truths, and there are many different ways of looking at many different things. And it really all comes down to the personal relationship you have with it. And it really doesn't matter, you know, like, why are we, why are we telling everybody else how to live in, you know, in this space? Because
1: what I really like to ask is like, well, how long can you actually sit by yourself and listen to your God? Because you can't even sit alone without going freaking crazy and trying to do, do, do your way out of everything. So clearly you're not in this space to hear God in the first place. What I've always gone to with spirituality is this idea of like, for me, the idea of love, the concept of love is core. And I look at love and like what that means. And what we even know on a molecular level is within the atom, that is the strongest bond that science knows of, right? And what that bond is between these pieces is actually nothing. It's space, so what it would imply is the strongest bond that we know in science that is made up of the space, the nothingness between two things is the binding force. And so when we talk about love, and this is, plays out in, in everything I do, relationships, everything. When we talk about love, it is that there is nothing in between two things. And so, what I commit to my husband, all the, like when, when something starts to come between us, it must be removed, right? And I just think religion, like all ideas of how to make, it's placed so many things in between each of us that the bond of love simply isn't there. Even now, is like what I ask myself when I look into the world and I just get so angry or people make me angry. And I just think like, well, Brad, is this what you actually know about this person? Or are you taking this and you're you're letting it feed into an idea of them that you're putting between you and them? Because that's not love. That's not love, right? I do think it's possible for us to truly love any other person on this planet if we were able to take away these ideas, this judgment about the other person and simply be with them. And that ultimately is the only spirituality I know is... Brad, what are you doing today to remove judgment? How can you sit with yourself and remove the chaos? And those are the moments that I feel what we'd call God.
0: Well, and that moves us to like acoustics, right? Like If we talk about like acoustic you, like if we can remove all of the stuff, the layers, right? If we can remove all of that and we can just be here, like human to human, belly to belly, eyeballs to eyeballs, and just hear each other. And our hearts without like, oh, well, so and so said this, and like, God told me this, and my God told me this, and like, oh, well, your God told, like, if we could remove all of that and just be here with each other, that brings us more towards like the most acoustic version of ourselves for sure.
1: Totally. Yeah. Because punchline is, it's not really about what we're thinking about the other people. Punchline is what I wish people would see is that, oh no, that's just what you're thinking about yourself. You're really just having a constant internal dialogue about yourself. So you can be Judge Judy about this girl over here, but you're not actually thinking about her. It's a commentary on yourself. So like, you want to actually be friends with someone? Start with yourself. Start being friends with yourself. Can you sit by yourself and actually like yourself? Because when you can start there, then you might actually be friends with someone else. But you can't do that expecting them to play some freaking game that fits into your game.
0: Right. Right. Because like at the end of the day, like what if you could have friends? And this is actually something I've been really working on in the last year. And I'm like very proud of it in myself is like I used to be Judge Judy. Like I used to be like, oh, well, you don't think what I do? Like, oh, well, you must be a terrible human being. And that's a really hard journey, right? Like that's a really hard journey. And it's been something that I've really focused on in the last year. Like, no, there can be people in my life that I may totally disagree with on multiple fronts. And if I can remove all of those things that are different about us and just like get to know their heart, it's possible to truly, like you said, truly love people regardless if all that stuff can go away.
1: Right. There's a spiritual text that I have used for a long time, just because I love the mental placement of it, which is Course in Miracles. And with Course in Miracles, one of its main premises is just, how can I see this differently? That whatever game I'm invested in right now and seeing this person that I don't like in a certain way, it's just, okay, how can I see this differently? Because chances are we're running a freaking racket. We're running a story in our head that's just about us. It's not even the other person.
0: It's never about the other person. Like any anytime that I've been triggered about something that someone said, I'm like, this trigger that I'm feeling, like this like my shoulders are concaving, and I'm like getting that like chill down my spine. That has everything to do with me. And the way that I'm internalizing my reality has nothing to do with that person. And like, what a freeing thing to be able to go, actually, what that is has nothing to do with me. And I've actually had some really beautiful conversations with people that I, Don't agree with in the last year that have really like we've humanized each other, you know, and they probably feel the same way about me. Like I would have probably never been somebody they would have had a conversation with, like a real, real deep, loving, honest conversation with. But when you're able to remove all that stuff, then you can just get to know people's hearts. It's beautiful.
1: Right. And then you actually. might even be able to change someone's mind in something because that's what the there's a lot of science now that's showing when you are in discussion with someone and you have something you don't agree on it is not helpful to try to put up a defense and push against it it actually reaffirms the positions in which case ask questions see where they're coming from have them explain their point of view to you because that's the only way you can actually round it out but if we just start with judgment, start with anger, where you think, oh, if I can just cross my arms, and be really grouchy, they're going to feel it. They don't feel shit, right? All you feel is freaking angry. <laughs> so great.
0: Yeah, like guaranteed, they've already forgotten about this. And you're still sitting here like stewing <laughs> in this like anger. And it's like, uh-uh. right. like, you got to get right within yourself and then have conversations. Because it's so true. It's so, so, so true.
1: Righteous anger doesn't work. I mean, I do believe in being angry and speaking your mind when necessary, but there are just ways to do it.
0: Right. If we talk about the LGBT community, it's like that's been something that, like, I feel most people in the LGBT community have had to overcome. Like, I haven't had like the coming out story that a lot of people have. Like, for me, it wasn't like I had to come out. I could just like be with who I wanted, and like that was it. But I recognize that that is not the case for many people, and I think about like some of my very some people like you people of my very best friends in the lgbt community and i'm like you have had to have radical forgiveness with many many people in order as a as a member of the lgbt community like radical forgiveness and like and sitting with ourselves is something that like we really have had to do a lot of which is probably why i think like some of the most meaningful conversations i have are with members of the lgbt community you know
1: And that's one of the blessings that I wish people that were not in a minority could appreciate about people in minorities is that what it takes to live in a system that it actively wants to erase you. (laughs) There's something to learn from that. Just listen, listen to see what that's like, because there's something to be said for the ability just to continue and survive and to find the right to live, the right to exist. There's a lot to learn, even if you're not in a minority.
0: Okay. So I have a one more question and then we're going to play a game. You ready? Mm-hmm. What's your five-year vision?
1: Oh, gosh. These questions. I, you I hate them. Like, <laughs> ugh, I hate them. And here's the thing is like, I am a strategist at heart. That's what I do when I work with companies is, you know, we work to build out their five-year. Of course I get it. And for me, The most I can put into words is five years from now, what I would love to have happen in my life. I don't know how I'm gonna get there, but this is what I want to see manifest. I want that hundred acre ranch and I want rescue dairy cows. Why rescue dairy cows? Because I think they have the worst of the worst and I just wanna give them a place where they can run free and eat grass and just be happy. So that's what I want. I want it with my husband. There's another piece of me that wants to somehow celebrate LGBT people, not in a place of struggle, because I think we've had centers that we've come together out of desperation or need medical security. I would like to find a way that we can celebrate gay people, LGBT people in thriving. And I don't know what that looks like yet in abundance to say, what does it look like to come together and just like... Wow! Isn't aren't we amazing? Look at what we can create, and have people that aren't gay be part of that. Right? A flourishing come together out of a flourishing. So I don't know what that looks like currently, but that's part of my five years to to focus on those things.
0: I can't wait for your hundred acre ranch and dairy cows because me either. I, I'll get to come and visit whenever I want. Yes. You know who will also uh, love your hundred acre ranch with dairy cows, Owen. <laughs> As
1: you should, cows are so amazing. Uh,
0: Owen, we've been raising him plant based pretty much his whole life, and like he'll eat eggs at his dad's every once in a while and whatever. But like we didn't also want to like scare him into being vegan because I ate meat when I was younger. You know, like everybody had to go through the journey, so it's always been very important to his dad and I and Breezy, like. Let him live and let him experience what he wants to experience. Cause you know, kids, like if you tell them no, they're going to want it more than anything. So he's obviously in school and there was a day that one of his schoolmates, the parents brought pepperoni pizza and they messaged us and they were like, Owen is really asking for pepperoni pizza. And of course, like my vegan heart was like, <laughs> but I was like, okay, if he really wants it, he can have it. And I'm like, of course it hurt. He ate like half of it. Of course it hurt his stomach because the kids like never had dairy or meat in his life. And he's like five. And then he came home and he goes, yeah, like pepperoni. It's good. It tastes good. And I said, yeah. And he goes, what's it made out of? And I was like, cows. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, real cows. I was like, Yeah. And he goes, I ate a real cow. And I said, yeah. And he goes, I don't want to eat a real cow. And I said, I know, bud, but like, this is life, you know, like you wanted the pizza, like don't regret, like don't have regrets. Just like know that like, that's not what you want in the future. And he goes, I don't understand how people can just eat cows, mama. I was like, oh, me either. Right
1: it's amazing to me when kids come through with such knowing there's I have a friend her little boy has always had a very clear knowing even if like she would push him around he'd be just years old seven eight years old she'd push him around in the grocery cart and people would have like meat in their grocery cart and he would just point at them and yell meat is murder <laughs> like I don't know where it comes from but it's like it's amazing to me when kids come through with a consciousness just knowing.
0: Well, last night was like his birthday because obviously we're recording this a long time before the episode airs, but it was his birthday party and everybody like came over like our family and he goes, Hey, guys, hope this is fine, but we're eating vegan tonight. And everyone like laughed at him and like was like, (laughs) Okay, Owen, like we got you. He goes, he goes, meat is our friend, not our food. (laughs) Like.
1: Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy.
0: I know. He's the best. He's He's always
1: welcome at my farm.
0: Yeah, he'll be there. Um, Okay, so here's the game. It's called Quick Fire. It's one minute and I'm going to just ask you rapid fire questions. And then you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. No need to explain. Just answer. How do you feel about this?
1: I'll do my best. These are very hard for me. My synapses don't fire this quickly. So I'm going to do my best.
0: You're going to be great. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Favorite color.
1: Like a saffron orange.
0: Favorite food?
1: Popcorn. Popcorn is.
0: Favorite article of clothing you own?
1: Sweatpants.
0: Favorite vacation you've ever taken?
1: Machu Picchu, Peru.
0: What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten?
1: Brad, look at life like a magazine. Give yourself the permission to like flip through it. And some things may catch your attention and you stay on that for a little while. And then you can keep moving. But just give yourself permission to flip through. You don't have to get attached to something.
0: I love that. Okay, favorite person in the whole world?
1: My husband, Chris Chandler.
0: He made me ask you that. It was a test. That (laughs) one was a test. Okay, last question. Clearly. You're going to a deserted island and you can take three things with you, people included. What are you taking? My
1: husband, a Theragun. And I would probably take the course. I would take the Course of Miracles.
0: Okay. I love that you are taking a Theragun and your husband. I think that's a really, that's a really telling thing about you. You know, like we need, we need party. (laughs) Cause like you're going to bring Chris Chandler for the party. You know, he's going to keep it interesting the whole time. He's going to ensue some sort of fashion trend on this Island. And then the (laughs) Theragun for recovery.
1: Exactly. And stress.
0: (laughs) (laughs) From the party that Chris Chandler threw. That's right. That's right. We love Chris Chandler. Shout out, Chris Chandler. Listen, I adore you and I adore your heart. And I I just can't thank you enough for being so candid. I, I think some of the things that like, obviously, we talked about today are so taboo and people get so like triggered by certain things. And I just hope like that people listening to you today just really take away like your message is just love and love and abundance and kindness. And you are just so all of those things. And I just, I adore you. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And love, which is lack of judgment. So when you feel judgment flare up, if I'm saying someone's making you judge, I just ask, like, choose to see a different way.
0: Well, have a great day. Give those dogs and that husband of yours a hug for me.
1: I will. Thank you, Danielle.
0: I'll talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by the Upstarter Pods Network. Obviously, it takes a village to create a podcast. And if you have a podcast or if you are looking to start a podcast, maybe you just need some coaching and some advice. Go check them out. Email chase at upstarterpods.com or you can slide into their DMs at upstarterpods on Instagram. Get your questions answered. Let them know I sent you. What an important lesson from one of my favorite people. And he just nailed it. I know the topic of like, we'll just call the elephant in the room. I know the topic of religion and spirituality and God and do you believe? What do you believe in? Like all these things. It can be so taboo and it can be very triggering for a lot of people. And I urge you, as you listen to these episodes, listen to them with an open mind and open heart and just just listen for the value of what people are saying. Brad is a human being and I'm not even justifying him right now because I think I think these conversations are just so important even if we don't agree with them and like we said in that episode like if you are talking to somebody that you may completely disagree with there is still space to find love and there is still space to find just authentic honesty, radical honesty between two people, even if you don't agree on certain things, because we're not all going to agree on everything. And that's okay. That's okay. But there is a way to break through, like he said, all that stuff in between us and just be good humans. So I cannot, I still cannot thank him enough. I think he's just such a brilliant, amazing human being. And I'm just so grateful. As always, if you love what you hear, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends about us, write us a review, Give us a rating. You can follow me at Danielle underscore on the daily. You can follow the podcast at on the daily pod. Slide into the DMs. Tell us what you love. Communicate with us. Like I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode in general. So slide on in and let me know. And I would love to have the conversation. I think it's just so important to, you know, communicate and connect with one another we have an episode every Tuesday and Friday. Friday's episode will be a solo episode with me. So look forward to that. And we'll be back for another interview next Tuesday. I hope you have the most incredible day wherever you are. And we'll see you soon.